0: Thursdays are for fresh cut
1: grass.
2: Hey, everybody, welcome to episode nine of Thursdays Are For The Girls, a podcast about all things but mostly sports. We're your hosts.
0: I'm Emily. I never go second.
1: I'm Kennedy. And I'm Molly. And where I just said we're. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <what is> <laughs> oopsies. <laughs> How's everyone doing? <laughs> Great. We're almost. We're almost. We're in the midst of finals week right now. I'm done with all my finals. My last one was today. I don't know how it went, but it's over. So that's all that matters. I'm not done with all of my finals. I
0: have my the worst test of my semester on soon. <laughs>
1: <Honestly>.
2: <laughs> I don't have any tests during
0: finals week, but I do have to finish my film. So
2: oh, how's that going? Mm-hmm. It's going really great. I'm done with what I need to do, except putting the little JCM logo at the front. Aww. Um, but I'm just waiting for my colorist to finish coloring it. Good.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. Well, all good things. Yeah. All good things. You graduating? Yeah, I'm like graduates. <laughs> I'm and struck. then okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> ah i sorry, do, so gra- in I, a do mental moment. I
2: do graduate in four days but i what are your post-grad plans i feel like you've never talked about them on the podcast well if any of you didn't know
1: i live in new york <laughs> Molly's rolling her eyes. Between that and middle school basketball.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Middle school basketball. No, it was high school too. She played basketball for like seven years or more. Stop it. Stop it. It was 12. (laughs) I just gurgled.
2: (laughs) No. So if any of you weren't aware, I live in the great state of New York and um, I'll be moving back there. Um, this Sunday.
0: And Don't stalk me. I'm coming with her for a week. Don't stop. Me. Yes, and Kennedy, maybe? Question mark. He'll find out in a week. We'll see. We'll see. But nonetheless, she's leaving us, and yeah, you know, we'll kind of sad about it. Cry, cry, cry. Has anything new occurred for you guys this week? Uh, anything mm-hmm. you want to tell the listeners about? Well, I have rewatched the Reputation Stadium Tour, and I forgot how good it was. Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift Stadium Tour. I have a music thing. A music thing. Tell us your music thing.
2: Please, please, I beg of you, go listen to Miley Cyrus' new album,
0: Plastic Hearts. It is absolute fire burning on the dance floor. I agree with that statement. I've only listened to, like, three songs, but I liked it, so... It it, oh, it's so good. And it's a rap. I mean, it's a rap album. It's a. (laughs) Not (laughs) me. Start over. It is not a rap album. It's a rock album. And even though I only like rap music, I like the album. And it's number one right now. So go, Miley. Ooh, uh, ooh, 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 yeah. This week we have a guest.
2: Oh, we do. It's another one of Kennedy's <laughs> beloved guests.
0: This week we have Kennedy's Kennedy's sweet, sweet
1: dear friend. <laughs> Brendan is on the podcast this week. How are you today, Brenda?
3: You know I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay.
2: I love that for you. Oh my God! Tell us a little bit about yourself, Brenda. In
3: I am currently in Alabama, as as you. But I am from the Mitten State. Of Michigan from the great white north. I get made fun of because I sound like I'm from Canada, because I basically am.
2: He do be sounding like he's from Canada.
1: Where do so, you go to school? What are you studying?
3: So I go to Central Michigan University, fire up chips, uh, and I'm a double major in marketing and logistics management.
1: And what are your hobbies?
3: Basically, sports. <laughs> that is all. I do research about sports. Kind of a loser, and that's about it.
1: So Brent is gonna be here. To ask us questions, to comment on our thoughts. But first, it is Christmas season. No, 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 no. Don't get
2: ahead <coughs> of yourself because it is time for tweets of the week. The week. The week. week week.
3: I just want to start off and say I always wondered how that looked, like what your facial expression was when you did this, because I listened to the podcast. And to see it live, that was just truly,
0: thank
2: you. truly
3: a life-changing moment.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Anyone want to kick us off? I'll kick us off. So, I found this tweet a little bit ago, and... In case you haven't noticed i just don't like being in relationships and this tweet says i swear all of my tweets of the week have this theme this tweet says the idea of being married is so weird like what if i'm having a sad moment late at night and i want to cry in bed and then there's just some guy there and like that is all i think that marriage is like it's like i just sit in my bed sometimes and cry to taylor swift but like i can't do that if someone else is there that's fair so, anyways, now I have another reason why I'm not getting married. Because you can't cry in
1: your bed by yourself. Yes. Just pull up. Sorry, sweetheart. I need you to leave the bed so I can cry in my lonesome.
0: Right. It's like, can you can you just go like somewhere else for a few minutes? I need. Or am I gonna be married and still crying to Taylor Swift? Probably. That's the real question. The answer is yes, I think so. Anyways, there's that. I think I'll always just cry to Taylor Swift. Okay. That's her. Oh well. All right. Who wants to go next? I can go
2: next. Okay. Alright. Well mine's a thread. It's one of those threads that's like a character if they were blank. And so this thread is VeggieTales characters Mm -hmm. if they were vegetables. So we've got a picture of Bob the tomato (laughs) and he would be a tomato. Then we have a picture, a picture. <laughs> we have we have a picture of <laughs> Archibald asparagus. I didn't know their name. And he'd be she a definitely. Asparagus. Google their <laughs> the next one is Cucumber. What's his name? Let's see. What is it? Larry. Larry. His Google name is Larry <laughs> the Cucumber, and he would be a cucumber. And then there's also the carrot, Laura Carrot. And she'd be a carrot. And I think that, that made me laugh so unreasonably
0: hard. The first time that I saw that thread was when Kennedy retweeted it and I, I think I stopped breathing. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> it was, it just, it made, it was just. It's good. It's prime good. Prime Twitter content. Oh yeah. Kenneth? 10.
1: Okay, I have two. My first is from the queen herself, Mina Kynes. She tweeted. I, love her. I you were going to say the queen of England. <laughs> I mean, yeah, probably. The Chargers head coaching job is attractive in many ways. But it's also like buying a house where someone was murdered. And then her follow-up was, I'm sure it's not haunted. Ghosts aren't real.
0: <laughs> That's she's so funny on Twitter, but what an interesting comparison.
1: That's also kinda ha- oh, how I feel about the lion's job. Except at least the Chargers have like some good pieces, like <laughs> <laughs> Brendan just rolled his
0: eyes so hard I think he may have passed out.
1: <laughs> and then my second tweet is one of those Tia's and Troy things from oh, I love musical. those. <laughs> High School Musical too, but it says T isn't Troy, no Gabriella. T isn't, the Falcons truly from the bottom of my heart depress me.
0: <laughs> Every day I wake up and I think, I'm so glad that I'm not a Falcons fan. <laughs> Every thing, gonna, I'm not like, even kidding. You're an Atlanta sports fan. They get so mad about it too, and I'm like, yeah, the only Atlanta sports team that I like, care about is the Braves. And they're like, you need to pick a city, and I'm like, oh, wait till you hear about the rest of my sports team. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> <laughs> ugh. But yeah. 10 out of 10. That's all I got. And those
2: were your... tweets tip- 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 of the week. The week, 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 week. It's almost Christmas. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock.
0: We wish you a
2: Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Joy to the world. It's a melody. (laughs) Melody.
0: (laughs) Let Earth receive their (laughs) king. Okay, while that's still going. And it's still going. (laughs) I was going to switch, but I couldn't think of the
1: words through the song. Kennedy, what are we doing doing this week? (laughs) Okay, so it's Christmas season. We're buying gifts. We're making our what we want for Christmas lists, And we decided that we are going to make Christmas wish lists, but make them sports. So we went through things we would like to see happen in sports or things that we want to occur in sports. I don't really know where we each took this assignment. I know what direction I took it in, but I don't really know where everybody else took it. So we'll kind of see what happens. And we're just kind of gonna discuss what's going on um, in the sports world. So we're in the midst of sports getting back to normal.
2: (laughs) Should we go person by person or one by time? What? Let's go one by time. (laughs) One by time. What? (laughs) We're going one at a time, rotating.
0: Like, not all of your wishes. Okay, I'll go first. I'm just kidding. I don't really want to go first. Well, you already said you first. Oh, right. Well, that means I'm the ace, so that's fine. What's your first wish? if we have a rotation, get it. Okay, so um, (laughs) my first wish is probably... Are yours in the order of importance? No. Okay, neither am I. Okay, good. They're all important to me, to be honest with you. So my first wish is the one that is the most... It's the one that's the least guaranteed to happen. My first Christmas wish is that the Braves would re-sign Marcel Azuna. But here's the problem. Because of the COVID season, obviously there's been a loss of revenue and we need to re-sign Freddie Freeman. In approximately un año. Yes. So do we re-sign Azuna? I say yes. But I also am coming from a very selfish perspective where I don't consider money in my equation. Um, And that's where it gets a little tricky (laughs) because he's going to want a lot of money. He turned down a three-year deal with the Reds to sign with the Braves instead because one year more money. He's he's going to want some money. Mm -hmm. Do we have the money? Again, I don't do money, so I don't know if the Braves have the money. I think that they do. So my Christmas wish is that they do have the money. You can say <laughs> Brendan's just nodding his head, and he's not saying anything, but he's telling me that we do have the money because he knows.
3: As currently, as of right now, the Braves have the money to re-sign Ozuna. The problem is, like Molly mentioned, they are going to have to re-sign their franchise player, Freddie Freeman, next offseason on top of a bunch of other young stars who they just recently paid uh, Acuna Jr., a crap ton of money, more money than I'll ever see in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Uh, Albies is coming up pretty soon and they have all these young pitchers that they're going to need to start paying eventually like major league contracts once their rookie years or rookie deals expire. So currently, they have the money. The question is, do they see it essential to spend that money now or save it for their young stars later on down the road?
1: How do you feel about the fact that they're not bringing back that they're talking about not bringing back the universal DH. Well, that...
0: Well, guess we'll just go into my second Christmas wish, which is bringing back the universal DH. (laughs) Okay. Um, These two are like a pair gift because the thing is, if... Okay, so the reality of it is, I I have no idea what's going to happen for 2021 because they are going back and forth on it. It makes sense to me to have it. I don't even think
3: baseball knows. No, that's what I'm saying. Like,
0: literally nobody knows what's going on. The problem is the that Major League Baseball and the MLBPA have to re-sign the collective bargaining agreement at the end of 2021. And so I think that even if the DH isn't universal for this upcoming season, that when they have to re-sign the collective bargaining agreement next winter, fall-ish, that they'll put it in that. Okay. But I think that if they're going to put it in at the end of next year, that they might as well just have it for this season because players are going to be signing contracts. Like, Marcelo Zuna is going to be signing a contract. And this year what he did for the Braves was he was our DH. Like, that's what we needed him for. And although we would use him if the DH isn't a thing next year, he would be more beneficial on a team that has a DH. Mm-hmm. So those are my first two Christmas twi- Christmased. Do you yeah. think if they don't go
2: for the DH in the National League that they
0: would that Ozuna would go somewhere where there was a DH I don't know I don't know exactly what he would do but I don't know that the Braves would go for him as hard knowing that we won't have the like, knowing that we wouldn't have the DH also because we just tendered Adam Duvall so that means we have to sign (laughs) some other outfielder or left fielder but I would like George Springer also
3: I think the market for Ozuna would reach mainly to the American League Mm -hmm. only because his outfield play is so... I don't want to say it's below average. It's between below average and average. Yeah, like He isn't the best outfielder. He can do a job. He's got a decent arm, but he's definitely more of a bat than he is Mm -hmm. a fielder. So I think there would be a lot more interest among American League teams if the universal DH is not a thing.
0: Also, I, I can't wait until one day when I get to go to winter meetings. I just think about that all the time. I can't wait for that day for you either. Thank you. I'm really excited. Like, that's, I'm really lame. I, my, like, Christmas wish is to be able to go to Major League Baseball's winter meetings. It's fine. I need a life. <laughs> Emily, what do you got?
2: Well, I guess I'll go for a specific player as well. I only wrote one specific player on my list, on my Christmas list. That would be DJ LeMahieu. I think the Yankees are focusing on re-signing him and I think that they should because he'd be a good player and <laughs> DJ LeMayhew is a great player at bat when there's men on base. He's very consistent and we need to keep that in our rotation lineup.
3: He's <laughs> a good clubhouse present too especially for as young as the Yankees are going to be coming up in the next couple of years. He would be a really good leadership or leader in the clubhouse.
2: We like LeMahieu very, very, very much. And I think that the Yankees focusing on resigning him is important, but there are other things that are also very important
1: that are also on my
2: Christmas list.
1: Okay, so my – I don't have any specific players just because none of my teams really have, like – player that I'm really worried about. So first on my list is for the Detroit Tigers to find someone in their hunt for a catcher. The Detroit Tigers catching situation is really kind of unfortunate. Ever since James McCann left for the White Sox there hasn't been like a consistent just like solid catcher behind the plate. The current catcher right now is 26 years old and I think technically he's still a rookie because he spent so much time in the minor league system. So that's not great. He made some appearances no, he didn't make any appearances this season.
3: Not this season, though.
1: So in a sixty game season when maybe they should have given him some playing time. They let him take some practice in the minor league system, work on his offensive work, I guess. There are so the problem is the Tigers can't sign someone to a one year contract at this point because there's no point in signing someone, like a big-name catcher, to a one-year contract, Um, people like Andrew Romine or James McCann, because they're not going to contribute to anything. Like, the Tigers aren't going to be a contending team in the next year, so there's kind (laughs) of no point. But they have a lot of pitchers coming through the farm system that are going to be really good, and you have to find someone to put behind the plate. So if they can't get anybody for the 2021 season, my Christmas wish is that they find somebody within the year of 2021, to be on the
3: 2022 roster. They did draft a catcher uh, out of Ohio State. He's
1: very young, though.
3: He is very young. He is only 22, I believe. (laughs) But he's one of the most athletic catchers. I mean, at Ohio State, his first season, he was playing center field instead of catching. And then as a sophomore, he was named captain. So there's a lot of optimism around his name's Dylan Dingler, too. If that doesn't scream baseball, baseball name. Game.
0: Wow. Damn, Dylan Dingler. I'm going to name one of my children Goose because statistically they have a better chance of getting in the Baseball Hall of Fame than a lot of other names. <sighs> There's a lot of people named Goose in the Baseball Hall of Fame. At least three, I think. Goose? I like that name. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know why I know this. Sometimes I just look at the Hall of Fame for fun. Again, I have no life.
1: Kenny, do you want to do another one? Okay, so I have one and then I have like half of a one. In the next year, the Tigers will finally be done paying Prince Fielder. So that's one thing that we can kind <laughs> of check How long have they been the playing him? Uh, for him? a very long time, <laughs> He's not playing. through the year of 2020, they still owed him $96 million. Uh, what? <laughs> so after he was done playing with the Tigers, through the end of 2020, they had to pay him $96 million in that span. Which I think he stopped playing in Detroit in, like, 2014, maybe? It was
3: 2014 or 2015, I don't remember, because we traded for Ian Kinsler.
1: Right, so, like, five, six years, right. $96 million. Oh, if it was
3: anyone Woo! else, I would, like, be really upset, but I love Prince Fielder.
1: Who's he's, that guy I understand, for the but Mets he's
0: that, taking that they've been, the is it the Mets that they've been paying for, like...
3: It's been, you, like, 50-something years. Yeah. I forget his name.
0: I, I don't know who it is, but that always cracks me up. Who's been paying? The I think Mets it's the Mets. They've been, been playing, Pay. I cannot speak, paying this guy for like ever. Uh,
1: at, they call it his day. Yeah, he Every has day like a in the day he gets paid. Yeah. I feel like it's longer than 50 years. It's been a long, like, it's remember. been a long freaking time. Um, but yeah, that's like my half one. Okay. And then another thing the Tigers need is power hitters. Developing the defense is going at a steady pace, which I can live with. <laughs> but.
2: Bobby Vanilla. Yep. $1.7 million a year
0: despite retiring in 99. <laughs> okay, so maybe not 50, but we also have no concept of time. So 20, 50, same thing. I'm good. That's funny. Same difference.
1: They call it Bobby Vanilla Day. Mm-hmm. It's in like July. But the offense is developing steadily, so I can live with that. But we do need to find some power hitters to kind of go with that. So there are some holes in the defense that if you could find someone who could also make some moves at the plate, that would be nice. I'd be okay with that. That's everything I have on the Tigers.
0: I like it. Go Tigers. Okay,
2: now I'd like to make a wish Mm -hmm. on my Christmas list about a bullpen that would not make me cry. Listen, our bullpen isn't... Horrid. It's not horrid. It's not the worst bullpen in baseball.
0: I don't know what is. I was about to say, do you have something that's Probably worse? Probably Detroit. <laughs> well. <That's> true.
2: <laughs> but we do need some pitchers. We need some men in our dugout. No. Well, no. In the bullpen. In the bullpen. Well, we I need some like men I in the bullpen. hang out in the dugout at
1: some points.
2: <clears throat> we do be needing some men in the bullpen. Now... If we decide to take back Domingo Germain, that would leave us with Cole, Montgomery, I'm losing his first name.
3: Jordan.
2: Yes. Uh, Domingo Germain, and uh, at some point, we'll Severino, because he will be back in this coming year. Uh, Tanaka also is up for... Uh, free agency and <laughs> I just said that really weird <laughs> he's up for free agency and I think that the Yankees have a lot of decisions to make and I don't exactly know which ones are going to be the right ones but all I do know is that we be needing some pitchers to make our bench our bench now our bullpen I guess we could just say our bullpen a little more deep with some guys And I think that that should be a focus of this offseason. Although there are pitchers that have already gone and are losing some chances, but there are also still some more chances that are coming. Wait,
1: what was that last sentence? There are are some pitchers that have already gone where? Like,
2: there are pitchers that have been signed.
1: Oh! or
3: traded Or traded yeah. yeah.
1: I was confused. Okay.
2: So are you saying the Yankees are behind? I don't think they're behind. I think that... It's still early, but I also think that if they wait too long, it's gonna bite them in the booty butt. We, I mean, we did, we were talking about this before we started recording about how the Yankees have a lot of young, young talent in their minor league system. Mm -hmm. And so I guess that just kind of makes it harder. for me to understand what's going on.
0: Well, they may not. I mean, they probably already have specific players that they want to go after too. Yeah. And so that could be what people are, or what they're waiting on. Um, also, the Yankees have more money to shop around than other teams, so mm-hmm. some teams know that they can't go after certain pitchers just because they literally wouldn't be able to pay them. So the Yankees like prospect, like pitching prospect, is probably a lot larger.
3: Because. Like, for me, with the Yankees, they, as Emily just stated, they have a very young core of pitchers in their minor league system. And there was a little bit of a setback this year because of COVID. So they didn't get a regular season, and a lot of them didn't get to play. But they are extremely young and young arms. So for right now, I think the best route for the Yankees to take is to add a couple veterans to the bullpen. And there's a lot of really good names out there like Archie Bradley, Brad Hand, uh, Brandon Workman would all be veteran guys who would be relatively cheap. And they would be able to come in and give you probably four or five innings a week of solid baseball just to kind of bridge the gap between what their bullpen is now versus what it should be once Mm -hmm. all these young arms start... To come up and age.
2: Yeah, I really, I definitely agree with that because we got Cole last year and because he's such a superstar, I think it's obviously unrealistic for us to expect to get so many superstars. I mean, we, we must hope,
0: but he is, I think well, he just has to play like, yeah, I think
2: what I feel like I would be looking for as a fan is just more consistency in the bullpen. And I think that we need pitchers that just go in there and they get their job done
1: i was just looking at a list of free agents in major league baseball in this off season and i was like oh this guy's a pitcher just kidding he's a yankee oh this guy's a pitch just kidding he's a yankee
3: (laughs) (laughs) well there's nothing saying that they don't re-sign with the yankees right right but honestly with how they performed i could understand why they would want to go a different route right try some new blood, and like I said, add a veteran presence because the Yankees mm-hmm. historically have had a veteran presence in the bullpen, mm-hmm. and I feel like the last couple seasons they've had a lot of young guys that they've been trying to throw out there. Ever since really Mariano Rivera retired, yeah. I feel like their bullpen has been I mean, like, young.
2: You could make a case for Sabathia, but like, he's gone now too. So
3: Right. So for them to add someone with a lot of experience to just be there and be that veteran presence, I think would do wonders for the bullpen alone on top of the entire ball club.
1: I miss Andy Pettit. I will say, the other New York baseball team is making some strides in their bullpen. I think I could be a Mets fan. Ew. I mean, the Never.
0: Mets... Never. I, I am I, I so think excited I could. for the Mets. I, no, I have a tweet drafted that says... Sometimes I think about the fact that Pete Alonso plays for the Mets, and it makes me sad, and I'm glad I never tweeted it because it doesn't make me as sad anymore.
3: The Mets are going to be the team to watch, I think, in the next couple of years because they just got a new owner, and the first thing he did was he cleaned house in the entire Mm -hmm. front office. He got rid of everyone and their mother. He said, bye-bye, see you later. As the great (laughs) Justin Timberlake said, Bye, bye, bye. (laughs) You're done. Um,
2: See, one part of me is like non-biased
0: sports brain, but another part of me is like,
2: that's it. That's you fair. know,
0: yeah, just saying, I just I don't have anything against the yeah, Mets me going in, so that's why I think it'll be interesting to it watch. Also, cool. something about cleaning house in an organization gets me going. I'm like, yes. Oh, it gets me so. Like, th- I, I don't know what it is about it, but I'm like, let's go. Like, I don't care about the Mets, but like seeing
1: who they bring in, I'm like,
0: let's do it. They so. also
1: re-signed a, some pitchers in the off-season. Mm-hmm. Apparently, they're going after Trevor Bauer, which could be. I uh, will buy a Mets shirt if Trevor Bauer goes. That to is men. the big thing. I think about I would too.
3: The Mets new owner has so much money He's that so he, he doesn't even know what to do with it. And He, he came bought out, a baseball team. <laughs> right? well, in his press conference, he came out and said, I've been a Mets fan since I was seven years old. I make my money from my company. Mm-hmm. I don't need the Mets to make me money. He said he is going to do whatever it takes to win a World Series in the next three to four um, years. And if that doesn't happen, he's going to see it as a disappointment. To me, that is the most exciting thing I could hear as a baseball fan. Because he's going... The Mets are looking at Trevor Bauer. They've been in talks about JT Rio Muto. Oh, even though those, those are starting to die down because they've been in close contacts with James McCann, who mm. is the second best catcher on the market. I about to say. Uh, they've been in talks about trading for Francisco Lindor to be their franchise shortstop. George Springer has been Wait, you told
2: me that Frankie was looking at the Yankees, or the Yankees were looking at Frankie, too.
3: Everyone is looking at Frankie, because the Indians want to get rid of him. They do. (laughs) But the Mets have a lot to offer and a lot of money to work with, because their new owner literally does not care about making money, because he has the money. Mm
1: -hmm. I also feel like the Mets are going to be, like, the next, like, young hot team. Oh, yeah. Like, they're gonna bring in a lot of really good young guys.
3: But you go out and get a guy like Trevor Bauer and James McCann to run that pitching staff on top of guys like Jacob DeGrom oh. and Noah Syndergaard, who's uh,
2: coming back. I got it. They, oh. they, have,
0: they have a great answer. They have a uh, No, I think I've decided in this moment right now, I'm a Mets fan. You
3: heard it here first.
0: You're not gonna be allowed in my house. It's fine. I don't care. I'll sleep on the street. <laughs> but
2: streets. if you add
3: Trevor Bauer to DeGrom and Syndergaard, Sindergard, that is a three-headed dragon that is going to terrorize the National League East.
0: Also, I'm so pro-owners who love baseball and pro-administrators like administrators who love baseball because that's the problem in the commissioner's office right now. <laughs> he's a Yankees fan. <laughs> well, he's not saying he's a Yank. Well, that it is that he's a Yankees fan, but it's also that I will never forget the day that we found out that in the 1994 strike, he was... He was on the legal team for the owners, mm-hmm. and that just made all the sense in the world. Like, I
1: He also, just... he was on the legal team for the owners, and he grew up a Yankees fan. Right. Like,
0: Rob Manfred has so many strikes against him. I don't Ugh. like
2: Rob Manfred.
0: As he doesn't fan, like I, baseball. Do, I do not claim
2: him as a Yankees fan. Like,
0: you, you need to understand the business of baseball, but you shouldn't be Major League Baseball Commissioner if you don't actually love the game. The I end. wonder if
1: Roger Goodell is a Cowboys fan.
2: More Patriots fan. Oh, he's not a Patriots fan.
1: <laughs> no, he made them oh, true, true, suffer true, true.
0: for... <laughs> he's not a Patriots fan. <laughs> and you think that he would be a Patriots fan? I don't even know. It would make more sense. Oh, I had a dream that Roger Goodell yelled at me the other night because we were at a game and Drew Brees threw three interceptions. And he came and yelled at us.
1: Add that to the list of reasons we don't like Roger. <laughs> 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 Yell you at know, me in a dream. <laughs> Molly, do you
0: have another wish yes. on your list? Yes, I have one last Christmas wish at the moment. I might think of another one, probably not. So it's not as, it's not as much a wish as it is. I think it's actually a reality. According to Twitter and like 24 7 sports discussion boards, Pete Golding is out no matter what happens for the rest of the season. Now, is that actually true? I don't know, but my dad said that he read a lot about it, so I, you know, we'll see. But he Here's the thing. If Pete is out, I'm not worried at all. Charlie Strong is already an analyst at Alabama, so there's one option. Do we bring in someone from the outside? Our defense needs something. It needs a player who... Our our defense needs somebody with a couple felonies. Okay? (laughs) Because... (laughs) Because... (laughs) Because, you know, there's like that one guy that's absolutely just nuts. Like, this guy is crazy. Would kill you probably. We haven't had one of those since Tony Brown. We haven't had one. And that's what we're missing. I I need a defense with some felonies on it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to say I disagree with you So, my my Christmas wish is two-part. Either Pete Golden gets his act together or we just get somebody else to run the show. And we recruit some people, go to the, go, listen, I'm telling you, there's a pipeline for it. JUCO players, why do they go to JUCO? Either because they don't have the grades or because they have a felony. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't know if I agree with you, but I don't disagree with you. I don't know if you guys remember watching, like, Tony Brown play or some of the other, like, absolutely just insane players that Alabama's had over the years, but, like, he was so fun to watch. I can't recall. That's okay. He literally was insane. Hunter Renfro lied. He did lie. <sighs> Anybody else have any Christmas wishes?
2: I have a few more. I do have a few. Mine are all general for the rest I of I have this.
3: one, and it's oddly specific. What is okay. your
2: specific Christmas wish?
3: So, last week, the Detroit Lions fired their general manager oh, and their great. head coach. <laughs> Bob Quinn, and Matt Patricia. We are finally getting straying away from the Patriot way that has cursed our franchise for the last three years, and we are in need of a new head coach and general manager. There are two names in particular that I want for the coach. If it's not one of these two, I'm going to be a tad upset. Either Eric Bieniemy, who is the offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs, reigning Super Bowl champs, or the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers, who are the reigning NFC champs, Robert Sala. The only reason why Eric Bieniemy for me, has the edge over Robert Sala is because the NFL is an offensive league. Having an offensive mind running the team is going to be extremely important for the Lions going forward. Uh, We have a very young core on offense. Uh, We just drafted DeAndre Swift. We're hopefully going to lock up Kenny Galladay uh, long-term. We have a very young offensive line and a lot of potential on offense. So to bring in an offensive-minded head coach that can bring out the best in all of them, I think is going to be important. But Sala also brings a lot to the table when it comes to leadership qualities. Uh, everyone on San Francisco including Richard Sherman who is a very known NFL veteran has spoken very highly of Sala. plus he is actually from Michigan so he would this would kind of be like a coming home for him so one of those two as the next Detroit Lions head coach is what I want most for Christmas as well as my two front teeth
2: <laughs> I want a hippopotamus
3: that too.
1: On mine is the Lions to hire a new manager and GM because they're both gone and we kind of have to find both of those pieces. I think that both of those options are really great, especially because I there have been names tossed around, toss around for the GM position from both of those franchises.
3: And the only reason why I'm skeptical of that plan is because that's exactly how it was for Quinn and Patricia. They both came from the Patriots. They we, Everyone expected them to bring the Patriot mentality to the Lions, mm-hmm. but in reality, we can't do that. And if we bring in Eric Biennemi from Kansas City, I don't want to bring the Kansas City mentality to Detroit. If we bring in Robert Sala, I don't want to bring the San Francisco mentality mm-hmm. to Detroit. I want whoever we bring in to establish a Detroit mentality, because we haven't had that in so long. The only Detroit mentality that we really had was give the ball to Barry Sanders. Right. And other than that, we haven't had anything. So I think what's most important is we bring in a guy who not only can rally the troops in a way, because there are really nobody... There was nobody on the Lions team that wanted to play for Patricia, like, I'm sorry, but Matt Patricia was probably the worst human being we could have hired as our head coach.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair.
3: Like, there were free, like, they had a free agency, like, celebration. Like, the dudes brought in champagne and orange juice and they made mimosas in the locker room because they didn't have to come back and they celebrated. Yeah. That's how much they hated playing for Matt Patricia. Right. So, we need to bring in a leadership presence that can bring everyone together for one common goal, and that's to win some games, for the love of God. The Detroit Lions prove to me every Sunday during football season that my heart is still able to break.
1: On a lighter note, I would like to see Louis Riddick as the next manager. It would be a nice change of scenery. And he doesn't really have, like, a huge connection to a, to a program and doesn't really, like come with, like, the baggage of a program's mentality already.
3: Yeah. A lot of people don't think that he's qualified, but they don't know that he worked in NFL front offices before Going he was ESPN. an ESPN analyst. Like, he worked with the Eagles and he, he was worked a scout for... scout for the Eagles. He was a scout for the Eagles and a scout for the then Washington Redskins, now the Washington football team. But he, he has... He's also the
1: director of professional personnel and the assistant director of professional personnel in Philadelphia. So he was working in more than just um, scouting for most of his career.
3: So he has more experience than a lot of people think. It does worry fans that, oh, we're just bringing in an analyst to run our franchise. Well, yeah, but you also don't know what you're talking about because he does have experience. So I think Lewis Riddick is very high on the list, and I think he should be looked at. Thoroughly Uh That would bring some excitement to Mm -hmm. Detroit.
1: Okay. My last Christmas wish list item is Jalen Hurts was just named the starter for the Philadelphia Eagles literally like maybe five hours ago On my Christmas wish list is for Jalen Hurts to secure that starting spot over the next few games um, And for the Eagles to trade Carson Wentz for more pieces for Hurts to work with um the Eagles don't have a solid receiver core, and I think that they could get some really good pieces. This, we talked about it earlier a little bit, that this receiver class is insanely talented, and there are a lot of really talented receivers coming out of college football this year, and so I think it could be
3: really interesting. There is a very good chance that the Eagles could end up with a receiver that Jalen Hurts is
1: has
2: already played with.
3: very familiar with. <laughs> you
2: think with. they could get Smitty?
3: I think... That the Eagles could potentially be in a spot to draft Devontae Smith. Now, the question is: do they actually do it? Because the Eagles have so many holes everywhere else. Their offensive line has been absolutely terrible. But their receiver core has been equally as bad. They don't really have a star running back. Their defense has been eh, and they put they are like three, seven, and one. And they play in the worst division in all of football. So I think if they can add a couple pieces to their offense, I think that alone would help them in their division. And I don't know about you guys, but I think Jalen Hurts throwing to Devontae Smith in Philadelphia would be...
2: Chef's kiss.
3: It would be pretty (laughs) exciting to watch. And I honestly think come draft time in... April, the Eagles will be in a position where Devontae Smith will be available.
2: Yeah. Beautiful. What a time. I've got a couple really general um, Christmas wishes. First of which is kind of obvious. I would just like a World Series. Um, that's it. Um, that's fair. I would also, I don't I think. I like
1: it's kind of early to ask for that. Well, whatever. You if know you what? think
3: about it, if Aroldis Chapman could figure out how to not throw a pitch right down the middle in a or crucial game. Or not shit game, himself, sorry. <laughs> if he could figure out how to not throw a pitch We're right down women. the middle okay, in a I'm clutch done. situation, they What's- would probably have one by now.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. My next wish <laughs> is I think that I would start going to church again if it would mean that... There were no, I mean, I know this is like unrealistic that there were no injuries, but I would just like a healthy season for my guys on the Yankees.
0: I have a question. I didn't know that was Do only- you think, you know how like when Scott Cochran was here at Alabama, we had a lot of injuries obviously because we won't talk about, we don't even, I don't even like saying that name in this house, but because of the way that he like trained the players, do you think that something like that is happening with the Yankees? Because I just feel like there's n- like, either you just, you guys just have extremely bad luck or you're doing something. Something. I haven't looked into it enough, and I feel like Brennan has something to say on this topic.
3: No, I just agree with Molly, because if you think about it, the first person that comes to mind when it comes to injuries upon the Yankees mm-hmm. roster is Giancarlo Stanton. Right. He's a freaking DH.
0: Right. Like, how do you... He was also fine when he was in Miami.
3: Like, you do not—like, other than getting and hit in the... boy. Other than getting hit in the face by, like, a 98-mile-per-hour fastball in Miami, he was perfectly fine. And in Miami, he was playing in the field. Right. Like, he was an everyday outfielder. When he came to the Yankees, the Yankees had an outfield pretty much set with Brett Gardner, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge. Like, what I want to know is what is going on with Giancarlo Stanton where he's literally in the lineup every day just to hit absolute bombs. And he pulls a hamstring? But he's only playing about 40 games a season in this case like 20
0: I haven't really looked into this at all but it's making me want to so I will I was going to say Emily's going to report back and we're going to find out we're going to get to the bottom I'm going to get to the bottom of this mystery but I will I swear to god I'll start going to church again if it means my men stay
2: safe and healthy
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay he's listening
2: Okay, well God.
1: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the big man. Do <laughs> you care, God? Give me some
2: healthy people. Okay. <clears throat> I would like a natty for Alabama
0: football. Mm-hmm. Okay. I feel like that's a collective. I agree.
2: Wish. Yeah.
3: I think this is the year for them to do it. like <clears throat> to in really my Listen,
0: of I, college. I won't say this out loud. I I will not speak the words, but I have very, very similar feelings as Brenton. I feel like... I'm too superstitious to say say the physical words. I feel like
1: it's been really interesting because...
0: If they don't, I'm locking you in the bathroom. So my family is very, very Alabama football, just like centered we have a small shrine in our house to Alabama football I wish I was kidding just very superstitious about some weird things we all have a specific spot that we sit in and if by a certain point in the game we're not doing good we switch spots if we have a turnover we switch spots we have this little thumb thing that we do like this so t- like they, they twiddle spin. their thumbs yeah we like twiddle our thumbs to um, manifest essentially a turnover anyways one time we were playing LSU and then this was back when LSU was some like a team that you would respect because um, right now or not. <laughs> um, we were playing LC when I went to the bathroom during commercial break, and I did not make it back from the bathroom in time for like before the commercial break ended, and we scored. And so my parents made me stay in the bathroom for the rest of the game and just yelled to me what was going on. Like what was happening in the game. Because that's how superstitious they were that they made me sit in the bathroom <laughs> because we scored when I was in the bathroom. So you know what? If that's
1: what works. I feel like I've been very spoiled as an Alabama fan in the past few years because I was talking to my mom last year when we went 10 and 2. Right. And I said, we really just were not good this year. It was like an off year. And she <laughs> looked at me and was like, Are you feeling okay? Like, they went 10 and 2. It's not good enough. They had two losses. Do you know how many? Programs in college football would kill to go ten and two in the regular season, and then on top of that, it was just like I was like distraught that we weren't playing in the playoffs. Oh, I was a I was a wreck. And but like, have you ever thought about that? Like, how many people in the the country can say that they their college won a freaking national championship while you were right. they were in college? And my last
2: Christmas wish
1: is a march
2: madness in general. Yes. Yeah. And to bid for my Bama and Iona dudes, which I know could
0: maybe possibly be a, f- a stretch but hopefully not. I feel like if Alabama can perform to like the preseason the preseason type, and I understand that's difficult but also like we're better than what we've been playing, but mm-hmm. I have hope that we'll, we'll we're going to gel really soon. Like we're going to cl- start clicking. This Saturday when we play Clemson, I just like really beat enjoy- the oh, poop out of God basketball.
3: I will just never forget the day that Kennedy texted me saying that Alabama was a basketball school <laughs> simply because of the fact that you guys had Colin Sexton, who was.
0: I think it was when we beat Oklahoma. It uh, when we made Trey Young our little
1: pitch. it
3: <laughs> was just the fact that Colin Sexton was way beyond the talent of anyone else that he ever played. Like, Colin Sexton, even today, he is seen as one of the better point guards or one of the better young point guards, I should say, in the NBA because, obviously, he he isn't to the likes of, say, Rajon Rondo or, like, Chauncey Billups, just thinking of a couple, like, prestigious point guards from their playing time in the NBA. He isn't quite there yet. But he definitely has the potential to be there. So young bull <laughs> for Alabama basketball to me, it's like they every year they have that one guy that's like, wow, he could be really good. But then everyone else around them is just kind of eh. so
0: there is such a reason for that. And this is something that my dad has drilled into my head from the second that I was born up until Nate Oates came to Alabama between Avery Johnson and Anthony Grant that was there before Avery Johnson. Alabama did not recruit basketball players. We just recruited athletic people. And like... Like, Herb Jones, for instance. Herb Jones was recruited to Alabama because, yes, he played basketball, but he was athletic. Now, Nate Oates has worked his magic and transformed him into a basketball player, but that's why Colin Sexton like, stood out so much among all the people he was playing with is because he is a basketball player Mm -hmm. playing with just athletic guys. Mm Mm-hmm and I'll die on that hill. But now we have- Basketball basketball players. Basketball players! Molly, finish off your Christmas list. Oh yeah, I don't have anything else. Oh! Just Azuna, a DH, and some felons. I don't I don't mean let me go back. I don't mean that I want people with actual felonies to play for the University of Alabama. I just mean I want people with that mentality. A felony mindset. Well, not that they want to get felonies, but like you want a crazy boy I want defense. someone who is just a little crazy. The crazy guy, the crazy guy. You <laughs> just
3: want a crazy guy, for me it would be Because I have the same issue with the Lions defense Mm -hmm. in particular, especially our linebacker core. For me, the NFL is slowly going to the linebackers that are sideline to sideline fast and sneaky quick. For me, I would like one of those, but I also want a linebacker that's just going to fill the hole and absolutely pop you in the mouth and send you to next week's game Mm -hmm. before you even get through the first quarter. Like, we haven't had that in so long, so I kind of understand what you're talking about. Especially since I feel like Dylan Moses could have been that guy for Alabama. Right. If it wasn't for all the injuries.
0: No, I agree. All right, well, that's what we want for Christmas. We'll see if it comes true. Let's
1: go into our top and bottom performances of the week. Let me go first, because nothing
2: pissed me off this week, so I don't have a bottom performance.
0: Well, that's great i do have a bottom performance because something actually my bottom performance is i am adding a little asterisk beside, beside it to say pathetic performance of the week and yeah. that is the entirety of the lsu football program <laughs> here's the thing last year after they won the national championship in january they lost 14 players to the draft their defensive coordinator left they lost summer and spring practice because of covid but why are they so bad this year Why are they so bad? Because those are legitimate reasons, but they're just worse than expected. Like, they are so bad.
3: I think the biggest thing for LSU was honestly the fact that they had such a Mm star-studded lineup on both offense and defense. I mean, you look at it... You lost Joe Burrow, you lost Clyde Edwards Blair, you lost Justin Jefferson. Then
1: you also lost Jamar Chase to key opt outs, also hurt
0: them this season. Right.
3: But then you also look at the defensive side of the ball where you lost Grant Oh
0: yeah.
3: and Kristen Fulton. Yep. And then you also lost the leader, Patrick Queen. Like you lost more than 75% of your starters. And when you're playing in college football, there is it's very rare that like second and third stringers really get an opportunity to play on a given year right. especially with the run that LSU was on like i understand why ed ogeron didn't really want to play anyone else other than his stars. starters so when you lose 16 to 17 of your starters to the nfl like that's going to put because they don't have a run game. Mm-mm. They don't have a quarterback. I don't Miles, have a defense. Miles Brennan. He
0: wasn't even good. <laughs> and then he, they lost him.
3: Miles Brennan is the definition of mediocre. Yeah.
0: Well, wow. you know, And I, like you said, I couldn't imagine having to follow in these guys' footsteps. I think that, again, like what we were talking about earlier, we're just spoiled as Alabama fans because mm-hmm. Alabama football has a down pat on how to rotate players through the system and through the process. And LSU is just kind of like – like, yeah, they lost a bunch of people, but they didn't really focus on preparing people for this year when they were playing last season. And that obviously has come back to bite them in the
3: butts. Mm-hmm. So the thing, too, about LSU is so Alabama is historically good. They've been good for pretty much ever.
0: Well, except for the early middle 2000s.
3: Yeah. except
0: for- <laughs> And a couple years
3: in the 80s. But
0: (laughs) But other than that, 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 we've pretty much been good.
3: (laughs) For the past, say, 10 years, they've been almost untouchable. That's a fair statement. LSU, however, has not been untouchable. Mm -hmm. So LSU hasn't been as attractive to recruits Mm -hmm. in prior years as they were this year. Right. So give LSU a year or two when all these kids...
0: They're leaving now.
3: Right, but all these kids saw what they did last year, and they saw the program, and they were like, wow, that's amazing. Right. I just don't like how people say that last year was a fluke. Oh, I don't think it
0: was a fluke. Especially
3: since, look at what these guys are doing in the NFL. If it wasn't for Chase Young, Patrick Queen would be Defensive Rookie of the Year. Right. Joe Burrow, even though he got injured, will more than likely still win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Right. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is probably challenging. Joe Burrow for offensive rookie of the year it's like all these guys came from LSU and came into the NFL this season with pretty high expectations and I think it's safe to say that they're exceeding those except for certain situations like Grant Delpit who suffered an injury before training camp even started so that's just my take on how I don't like the fact that people say it was a fluke because all the players that they had were insanely talented. I honestly will say that I think LSU's 2019 team will go down as one of the best college football teams of all time.
0: That is my bottom performance of the week, my poor pathetic little LSU football team. Kenny?
1: I have two. One, the uh, Chargers. (laughs) It was just a sad performance. They just kind of did not show up for the football game. Yeah, I don't really know how they happened.
3: forgot they were playing
1: yeah. football. Yeah, it wasn't good. It was ugly. But specifically the fact that Justin Herbert is my quarterback in fantasy football and he got me 4.36 points, <laughs> which as mm, a quarterback stellar. is so bad. He had two interceptions, and they were playing the Patriots. And I don't know. I just was expecting. I was expecting him to play not so well. Like I wasn't expecting a ton. But that was far from what I was expecting. My second bottom performance of the week is Michigan football. Really? Once again, wow. That's that's kind of crazy. Shocker. Well, this week I have two reasons, actually. Oh. Number one, they canceled the Ohio State game this weekend. I understand that they may have had some contact tracing in their program. They may may have had um, some other stuff going on, but... If you have ever taken a peek at my Twitter, I say some things on there about Michigan football. And I said, maybe four days ago, that at this point, it is a mindset thing because Michigan, Ohio State last week played with like their 34th strings, but they still showed up to the game and played the game. They played without their head coach. Like they still showed up. Alabama played without Nick Saban a few weeks ago. Um, Clemson was playing without Trevor Lawrence. And I understand the whole contact tracing thing, but Ohio State had 23 guys out last week, and they still decided to show up and play football. Michigan...
3: While annihilating their opponents, by the way.
1: Right. Michigan is just like, nah, it's okay. And I think that comes down to the mentality of these programs are so different. Michigan will never be a good team with the mentality that their coaching staff is putting on their players and the mentality that they just don't want to be there. Yeah. Like, these players should be... should want to play. My right. second reason... Sorry, I have a second reason. <laughs> They're thinking about offering Jim Harbaugh a contract extension. But doesn't he have to take a pay cut? <laughs> well, <pfft. laughs> he would. He would have to take a pay cut and he would have to take a buyout cut. I saw but the an article problem day. is... The problem is that my dad was talking to me about it today. A, nobody's gonna want the job. They're not going to be able to find somebody to be the next head coach at Michigan right now because they're just so bad. Two. Apparently, according to recruiting boards and whatever, Jim Harbaugh's best recruiting class is going to be his next recruiting class. So they wanna like give him a chance to coach these guys. And so I don't really know what is going to happen, but I, he shouldn't stick around. He freaking, ooh. I he's know, go, he's, I know, it's okay. His, his <laughs> record it works works it out. Ohio it's okay. State, the best thing he has done in his six years as coach at Michigan is forfeit the game this weekend.
3: He is by far a better NFL coach than he is a college coach for one reason, and one reason only, because he doesn't have to recruit players necessarily in the NFL. Right. Like, when it comes to players and them coming to their team in the NFL, it's a lot of, like, they get the combine and they get their GM's input and all these other scouting inputs. Like, for college, it's a lot of recruitment on the head coach and their image. And for me, I feel like he's better off just sticking to coaching and that aspect of football rather than trying to get all these kids to commit to his program Mm -hmm. for life. Or not for life, but for the next four years of their lives. So for me, I think he's just better suited to coach in the NFL. And from everything I've read, he might get an opportunity.
1: All right, let's switch gears. Mm. Top performances of the week. Who would like to start? I'll go since I didn't
2: even have a bottom performance. (laughs) My top performance is Smitty-Werbin-Jagerman-Jensen, otherwise known as Devontae Smith. (laughs) Um,
3: He's so good. He's
2: so freaking good. He just, what a game he had. He had eight receptions, 231 yards, three touchdowns. Like, yes, they were playing LSU, but that's still unreal. Like, that's... Crazy good. Crazy good.
3: I've said Crazy it before, good. and I'll say it a thousand times over. If he can add, say, 10 to 15 pounds, because as of right now, he's only listed as 175, which for— a, I think 6'1", one,
1: 175.
3: 6'1", one, 175. For an NFL receiver, the height isn't an issue, but the weight kind of is, because if he gets smacked by one Ray Lewis-type linebacker, he's going to be hurting— pretty bad. So if he can pack on like 10 to 15 pounds of muscle, I honestly think he can be one of the best receivers in the NFL strictly because of his hands. And someone described his hands as being like spider webs. And I think, and I think that is a hundred percent accurate. Like anything thrown his way, he will find a way to catch it
2: that oh my god that catch bro that catch the catch but also we were talking about during the game on saturday how you can make arguments about mac jones and i'm not saying mac jones is a bad quarterback since obviously not true like the man is a great quarterback but you were talking about how it's not always like it, it's obviously like it gets to a point where uh your receivers have to create space and Devonte smith Does nothing but create space for himself to
3: catch the ball. And the thing about Devontae Smith, for me, he isn't the fastest guy. I mean, you look at guys like Jalen Waddell and Henry Ruggs who have been on Alabama in the past couple years. They've been able to create space just because they've been able to outrun people. Devontae Smith isn't the fastest guy on the roster, but he finds a way with his route running Mm -hmm. to be 5 to 10 yards away from the nearest defender.
2: And that's on him when he's catching those long ass touchdown passes. That's just his technique. That, that's him, that's just as much him as it is Mac Jones throwing the ball. So,
0: Smitty, man. a boy. Keep it going. <laughs> Wallace. So, my top performance of the week is this past week Adam Wainwright won the Roberto Clemente award which is for community involvement in philanthropy so of course it's my favorite award in major league baseball but I just want to highlight him for a minute because he is an exceptional player and he's also just an exceptional guy off the field he um created this impact foundation that that involves more than 150 major league players that had $5.8 million donated to 94 charities and it provided over 4 million meals um, to children during the coronavirus pandemic and he also has an organization that builds schools in Haiti and he like, this guy does everything. Like I could keep going for days. He has clean water system servicing in Honduras, Ethiopia, like several countries, several other countries in Africa. Um, He partnered with Crisis Aid International to feed children in Africa and aid sex trafficking victims. He also works with them to provide weekly meals for families, like over 3000 families um, in St. Louis, which is obviously where he plays. and the coolest thing that I think he has done so far is he does a fantasy football for charity, which is where fans play, they sign up to play in leagues against him and other Cardinals players. And this year it went to other Major League Baseball teams. Um, but he also had a players only fantasy football league that 32 Major League Baseball players played in for the charity of their choice, with each round resulting in money for the winning players' charity. And that's just like such a cool thing to me because he he talks about having this platform and he talks about that there's so many baseball players who don't know what their passions really are besides baseball. And his overall organization is called Big Link Big League Impact and it literally serves to empower other major league baseball players to experience the same or you said to experience the same high that I have and basically create their own foundations and give back to their communities and across the globe. And that's that's literally what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. That, so what? I immediately was like, I love, this I love that.
3: All of that on top of being in his prime, obviously he's a bit older right. now, but in his prime being one of the most like dominant pitchers of his time mm-hmm. on top of playing for one of the most historic franchises in all of baseball for him to put all of that together and come full circle with all this right I honestly think he's just a great human being. oh yeah he's one of those guys that you would definitely want to sit down and just talk with mm-hmm. because you feel like he he would teach you a lot more about life than he would about baseball right
0: he just in in everything that I've read every quote from him was literally like yes I love baseball but I love being able to give back through baseball and that's like that's literally my entire life like My entire life's passion is to give back to people through baseball. So when I was reading that, I was like, I love this guy. I was sitting in my room crying. I was like, this is awesome. So that's my top performance just because Adam Wainwright is an incredible guy on and off the field.
1: My top performance is Coastal Carolina football. Mm -hmm. Yes. This past weekend, they beat BYU. They jumped in the um, top 25 this week to 13. Um. So they went from 18 to 13, jumped five spots. I just, I, I think this year is a big year for me in growing in my fandoms, and I'm not just a fan of one team anymore. I'm a fan of multiple teams, and Coastal Carolina football has a good atmosphere. And uh, don't get me wrong, the mullet thing freaks me out a little bit, but. <laughs> They have a good like core to their football program, and I think their coach was on game day with Maria Taylor in the morning, and he was so excited to have game day there and so excited to be playing BYU and just ready for the day. And that's like what I crave in sports is people who wake up every morning and are excited and ready to go to work that day and get started. And I think that he, has put that mindset into the players, and I think that's part of the reason they were so successful against BYU this past weekend is because they just wanted to be right. There. I agree. It's so fun watching a team like that. Yeah,
0: even if they were on a blue field. No, I take <laughs> it back. I hate blue turf. I hate it with everything in so me. Blue, it's teal. I hate teal turf. <laughs> I hate any colored turf that's not green. It's not plain grass green. What if it was a turf baseball field? I hate those even more than turf <laughs> football fields. I hate, no, there's one team and I cannot think of them. And I tried to think of them the other day. We went through this for like an hour, but they have like an orange or red field, baseball, baseball field. Oh, it's Texas something. We yeah, it's that. somewhere in Texas. Ew. And I remember watching it in the college world series one time and physically vomiting. I can't even express to you, I think I'm physically attracted to an, a freshly mowed grass outfield. <laughs> like, there's nothing prettier than that. I agree. It's so pretty, and it looks so good, and like, a, a turf field, bleh. I think one thing that you just said that I feel like
2: makes a lot of sense, it makes me happy that this podcast exists, is that Although I am biased for my teams, I hope that this podcast promotes sports fan rather than team fan. Does that make sense? Because all of us have different favorite sports, but we all come together in this one love of sports. I thought all our favorite sports was baseball. No, no, uh, sports teams, I mean. I
0: feel
3: like we were talking about this earlier. Like, I mentioned how... I find it strange even though I'm guilty of it like we have these strange hatreds for teams yeah. for literally no reason. Like ask me why I don't like the Dallas Cowboys football team, I could not tell you. I just grew up
1: you and just it's, don't like them.
3: I just hate them. Like I don't I like
1: Did their draft zoom from a yacht
3: this year? I don't like to use the word well, hate. Well, that
1: might have something to do with it.
0: Maybe, maybe a little bit. I don't like
3: to throw out the word hate just because I feel like it's a really strong word and it shouldn't be used for just anything because of how strong it is. Yeah. But I absolutely, like there's a couple sports teams, Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Penguins.
2: Ugh, I hate the Penguins! I don't care I about hockey. I just hate them. My dad put such a hatred for Crosby in my brain and for no reason. That's how I feel about Tennessee.
3: That is exactly what I'm talking about. And your hatred for Tennessee. Well,
0: I have like, I have a couple of reasons as to like why I wouldn't like Tennessee. But I like, actually hate the concept of the entire state of Tennessee. Just, <laughs> the whole thing. But throw it
3: away. That in general. It's just like, why? Why know. do we do that? Why do we do well, any of that? Well, the former
0: snitched on us, but also ugly. They're ugly. Orange. I don't listen. I need you this to ugly. be known now. I don't respect you if you support a college football team that has orange in their colors. The end. I
3: was just about to say easy because the <laughs> tigers were yeah. orange a little bit, but you said college, so it's okay.
0: yeah. No, no, no. I like the Orioles, for instance, in baseball. College football? No. God oh, bless the Orioles. The NFL? No.
1: Joe
0: Burrow plays for. Oh, never mind. Not the NFL. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> Not Joe Burrow. He's Im- he's immune. He's All immune. I know he's is that I was bred to hate the
2: Penguins as a hockey organization, as was I. and the Canadians.
3: I will say though, I have one single high, and it's been mentioned earlier. One single high. One <laughs> single high of the week.
1: Top performance of the week. Top, Top week. performance. Tried.
3: I'm I'm new to this. I'm sorry. You're doing
1: great. Well, I'm, you're doing.
3: I'm so. You're trying
0: your your, best. You're doing your best. So
3: what I will say is, I don't know how to talk, like, into a microphone. Two people. Two people. But when it comes to sports knowledge, I know exactly what I'm talking about. Like if I was in a room. Exactly. Like if I was in a room by myself and I was just talking like nonsense about sports it would make perfect sense to everybody just because I feel like I know what I'm talking about if you're talking to yourself yes doesn't really make a whole lot of sense no. but in my mind it does anyway besides Not the
1: point with it.
3: it's been brought up earlier Jalen Hurts has won the Eagles starting spot at quarterback and I just feel like that's insanely huge for him, because I feel like he feels like he has a lot to prove. Like, he came in as the Alabama quarterback way back when, and he was dominant. And then he got replaced by Tua in the national championship, and then from there on, it was Tua's team. I just feel like it was a huge step for him to prove that, hey, even though in college I kind of got derailed when it came to that aspect, like it wasn't really his team anymore, mm-hmm. and then he kind of went to Oklahoma and performed well. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this is the next step for him. So yeah,
0: I love Jalen Hurts. I just love him. I've I've loved Jalen Hurts as long as he's been in Alabama, but his post game interview after the second and twenty six national championship, you could tell he was emotional about, you know, losing his pos- I mean, because you knew at that point, like, everyone was all about Tua, and he had just kind of been thrown to the wolves, but it was so respectful, and it was so supportive of Tua, and it just showed <laughs> what character he actually has, and so that's why I hope Jalen is successful in the NFL, is just because he really is such a good guy, and he deserves it.
3: Well, in the Senior Bowl, too, because in the Senior Bowl, they wear the helmet of whatever college they go to. Like, they have, obviously, their East, right, right. east versus West or North versus South. I don't really remember how they do it, mm-hmm. but they wear their school helmets. Jalen Hurts had a helmet customly made for half of it to be Oklahoma and half of it to be Alabama mm-hmm. because he realized that that's where his journey really started. Right, And for him to come out and do that just shows me how much respect he has for Alabama football and just how much respect he shows as a human being. Mm-hmm. Like, for, that for me shows a lot about his character. And, like... He's
2: such a leader in that, like... Right. He, like, a leader that shows, like, what you were saying and what you were saying, like... It takes a leader to give up the, the spot of a leader. Like, I feel like that made no sense. It, <laughs> it, it takes a leader saying. to give up his leadership role. Right. Like, for someone else who needs to step up. It or... goes
3: from being the guy to being a mentor. For yeah. The guy. Yeah.
2: That's the end of the episode today, folks. That's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hopefully <laughs> we're Oh, we're, oh we're, no, okay. But she's okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: stop. No, I don't. Anyways, that was the end of our episode. <laughs> we all hope that our Christmas wishes come true. I don't even know what just happened. I'm very, very like out of it. I a chimpanzee
1: loop. again. What are all of your Christmas wishes, but make them sports? Comment down yes. below if that's not even that's not a thing. Even <laughs> Make your own podcast. Tell us what tell you us. want for Christmas, and we'll buy it for you. No, we won't. No, we will not. <laughs> DM us on Twitter and Instagram, and I think you can or just DM tweet us, on us. Facebook or tweet us, and maybe we'll share some of your Christmas wishes and our thoughts about them because we have lots of opinions in the world. Of and you can do that on Instagram at Thursdays
2: FTG Podcast
1: on Twitter at Thursdays FTG. And
0: on Facebook, at Thursdays are for the girls. Woo! personals.
2: Ah! You can follow me on Instagram. <laughs> I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at em.valerio. And on Twitter, at isn't underscore Emily, because it isn't Emily. And you can keep up with Vlogmas on my YouTube channel, just Emily Valerio. Every single day except Sunday, a new video
0: comes up. Anyone else? You can follow me on Twitter at Molly J. Gardner.
1: And my personal social media, my Instagram is Kennedy please, and my Twitter is Kennedy Nicole 90.
2: Do you want anyone to follow you on social media?
3: I'm okay, only because I don't really post on social media. So mm-hmm. I don't That's really it. offer anything.
2: I guess. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Brendan. Thanks
3: for having me. It was fun.
0: Brenda, you will be missed. Brenda. Brindy <laughs> Sports. Sports.